Welcome to a new episode of Orange, Black, and Beyond, uh, where we discuss Oregon State Beaver sports, especially the ones that don't always get the attention uh, where, whenever we can. Uh, I'm Brian, OSU class of 1996. My co-host Pete, class of 93. Welcome, Pete. Hello, Brian. Uh, yeah, COVID-19 still kind of calling the shots on what uh, college sports look like right now. There's not a ton of news out of Corvallis, but there is some since we last talked, and I think that was like in July or something. Um, yep. Best place to start with that is baseball, actually, because back in July, uh, Coach Canham hired his former teammate, uh, Beavers legendary shortstop uh, Darwin Barney, as in his assistant coach, is going to kind of help fill in the void with the retirement of longtime uh, bench coach Pat Bailey, who was uh, Pat Casey's go-to assistant, the uh, right-hand man, and then he was the interim head coach in uh, – uh, the year that Casey retired, 19, seems like five years ago. Oh, yes. See, everything seems like forever ago. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Uh, but Barney's been coaching in the minor leagues for the last couple of years, and he was going to actually manage a AAA team, the Nashville Sounds, this year. But then, you know, the minor league baseball went away. And uh, so with that, uh, Canham kind of said, here's an opportunity. Let's go ahead and and see if we can hire Coach Barney away. And so they did, and now he's he's going to be joining the team for the 21 season. Um, so it'll be awesome having him in the dugout. They're just kind of building on that winning tradition, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, also in baseball news, they they did have uh, – the Beavers has some guys going in the playoffs, which was cool in the big leagues. Drew Rasmussen, he pitched for the Brewers this season. Uh, it didn't go great in the playoffs because they were playing the Dodgers, <laughs> and uh, they got swept. But um, the Dodgers had the best record in baseball, so that's going to happen. But uh, against the Dodgers, uh, Rasmussen did pitch one inning of game one, and he got a no decision in the 4-2 loss. Uh, gave up only one hit, and the runner didn't make it anywhere close to home. Struck out two. This was his first year in the major leagues, and his fastball was just popping this year, 97 to 99 routinely. And uh, the Brewers are really excited about him in the future. A couple of Beavers on the White Sox. Uh, they took on the Oakland A's in the wild card round. Game three, they lost. But Nick Madrigal, he was one of the stars of the 2018 Beavers that won the College World Series. He started the year in the White Sox alternate training site, which was the alternative to the minor leagues. Sadly, uh, not too long after he got called up, he got hurt right away. But then he came back strong, and uh, he was the starting second baseman for 29 games, including the playoffs. He hit 250 in the playoffs, going three for 12. But for the season, 29 games he played, he had a nice season. He hit 340, uh, picked up 35 hits and 103 at-bats, stole a couple bases, and he only committed four errors in 29 games. Unfortunately, two of those were in the playoffs. Uh, but he finished the season with a 964 fielding percentage. So it was a really nice rookie year in the big leagues. And I think technically because of the way the, the major league system works, he didn't play too many games. So next year he'll be considered a rookie as well, where oh, nice. he could technically be eligible to win rookie of the year if he has a similar type of year. Nice. Be cool. Um, also on the White Sox, uh, Jace Fry, the pitcher, it's his fourth year in the majors, and he made uh, 18 appearances this year out of the bullpen, going 0-1 with a 3.36 ERA. Pitched 19 and two-thirds innings during the regular season, and he did not pitch in the playoffs. Uh, he's had a really nice career so far, and, and being a left-handed pitcher means never having to say goodbye. One of my favorite examples of that is uh, the Cleveland has this lefty named Oliver Perez. 
This was his 18th year in the major leagues, and he's a good pitcher, but not a great one. You know, he's not one of the frontline guys, but he can locate the ball, and he's left-handed. So nice. that's, you know, that's that's always good. There's some there's yeah. football starting. Football. football. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about football. So um, even with COVID, the season was supposed to start by now. Yeah. Um, but then the Pac-12 pulled the plug again. Um, but then just this Saturday morning, what was that, 10-3? The new um, improved schedule was announced. Uh, the new start date for the season is November 7th, and the mm -hmm. Beavers will open up against Washington State Cougars at Reeser Stadium. Uh, they'll, they'll get to play six conference games, four in the north, and then uh, two against teams from the south division. And then the game, the formerly known as the Civil War, will be played at Reeser Stadium. I, I don't know. We, we don't have a new name yet. They right? They have slept. a name by November 27th, you would think. Yeah, I mean, you think. They've got several weeks. But, I mean, the other thing is that home game against the Cougars, last last season they went to the Palouse. And what was the final score? I mean, the Beavers lost, unfortunately. But it was like 55-53 or something. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, like a basketball, basketball game. Right. Yeah, so like, so hopefully they'll have a new name. We'll see. Uh, yeah. So the twenty seventh, two days after Thanksgiving, so yep. you can watch that game while you're eating uh, leftovers. Yeah. Um, home games will be the Cougars, uh, Cal, and then the team from Eugene. Uh, they'll be on the road against Washington, Stanford, and Utah. And then, for reference, the conference championship game will be December eighteenth. And who knows with twenty twenty. Anything, yeah. Anything is on the table. Right. You'd say, well, yeah, the team finished second in the Pac-12 North last year, but, you know, the team in Eugene's really good, and, and the Huskies are going to be better. So, it's But it'll be fun to see how it all develops. And, uh, by the way, the team down – this is this is important because this is an election year. The team down the road is bragging on social media. I've seen it on uh, Instagram and Facebook and other stuff that 100% of their student-athletes are registered to vote in this election. Now, I don't know what the percentage is at OSU, um, and I know like some of the basketball oh. players are, are not citizens and stuff like that, but we can't lose to them in this yeah. one. You know? So I hope all student-athletes and all eligible students, for that matter, are registered to vote because, as my late great father would say, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Yeah. Um, some uh, football players, uh, Beavers, uh, are eligible and on award watch list. The big one, of course, Hamaka Rashid Jr., he's on the Butkus Award and several others, but that's for the top linebacker in the country. Last year, Rashid led the conference in sacks and tackles for loss and was third in the entire nation in those categories. And once the season got condensed, uh, there was some concern whether he'd return or if he'd just say, you know what, it's better safe than sorry, I'll just – declare for the NFL and, you know, not return. But it looks like he's coming back uh, for his final season at uh, uh, at OSU. And thank goodness for that because that linebacking core, you know, this, this of course, yeah. is, Brian, the 20th anniversary of that Fiesta Bowl team and uh, the remarkable season they had. And one of the reasons they were so awesome was those linebackers. They had Siegler and Allen and all yeah. those guys. It's, it's really it was frightening back then. Yeah, it's really great to see Oregon State go back to kind of those roots where it becomes linebacker university again, right? Where we have a really great core of linebackers. Absolutely. Yeah. And coach Smith, coach Bray, and especially coach Tibbs are really happy that Rashid is coming back. Uh, another great linebacker, Andre Hughes Murray, 
Uh, he's a semifinalist for the Campbell Trophy, which rewards excellence both on the field, in the community, and in the classroom, and carries with it a nice post-grad scholarship. So he chooses to go to grad school, and he wins this thing. He gets a, a scholarship so he can go to grad school, which would be amazing. Nice. He sat out his uh, year last year due to injury, so he's coming back as a fifth-year, you know, redshirt senior. And I don't know, I couldn't find out if he's already graduated or if he's just close. But either way, it's great that he's on that kind of watch list. He apparently has, uh, I think, 3.3 or 3.5 GPA and uh, in the studying psychology. So, you know, he can ask people how that makes them feel. And uh <laughs> In, in this 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 unprecedented time in which we find ourselves, that's probably as good of a question as anything, right? Yeah. Um, and then basketball is coming up too, and they're going to do basketball. Yes. I know that was a concern about whether it was a late start or not, and I guess it is a late start because um, now I got maybe you've got some more info on this. Men's practice starts officially on November sixth, but it said women start officially on the twenty fifth, but. No, they, so, yeah, I don't know because I've already seen them posting pictures of practice. That's, yeah, me too. So I don't know if those so, are honest. Right, so I think maybe, maybe, maybe it's like September, October. I don't know because I've seen them posting pictures of practice already. Yeah. Seen Coach Single. I've seen Coach Ruick. I mean, yeah. I, so I don't know. Yeah, the team, is, uh, the team is already going. So, yeah. We'll and see. Uh, both the men's and women's team have talent that, uh, yeah left the program uh, due to graduation, you know. Um, but, of course, Trace Tinkle for the men, that was a big one, and Michaela Pivik for the women. And since yeah. I went right ahead and brought up Michaela Pivik, uh, it's your time to shine here. This is this is, this yeah, is, so, this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, so I'm for sure, a huge fan of Michaela Pivik. Um, she was drafted by the Dream, um, but she opted to play in Europe, um, and she's in Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, she signed a year over there. And then the option with Atlanta, she'll be back in training camp with Atlanta this next spring. Um, so she's still on the roster for 2021 for the dream. Um, she was, a, um, so she was finalist for the NCAA women of the year award. She's just a great player and a person. So, you know, we're always looking to support. I did watch this game from Spain last, it was on yesterday online. So it was really good. I, couldn't understand what the commentators were saying. It's good to watch her play. She had some huge blocks, huge defensive plays, great assists. Um, so that's great. Uh, we did lose, like you said, there's a couple other players that left the program for um, that transferred. So Destin Slocum did transfer to right. Arkansas. And then um, <laughs> Patricia Morris transferred to TCU. Oh, uh, yeah. So we wish them the best. I saw, I've seen Patricia Morris posting some pictures where uh, she's starting to practice and all that. So wish them the best. Um, some, some former OSU players that were playing in the Wubble. So Sydney Weiss and Ray Gulich were in the Wubble this year with the LA Sparks. Um, they had a really good season, but Sparks ran into a surging Connecticut Suns team and ran round two of the playoffs. And the way the WNBA playoffs works is rounds one and two are a one and done type situation. Oh, and I think... The way they set up the games, I think there was a little because I think the teams that were in round two had a little extra time off, and so I think when they got on the court, there was a little bit of court rust, if you call it. Sure. Uh, and so I think um, I think that first round by kind of contributed to how they played in the first half, and so they they unfortunately got knocked out. But uh, Sydney saw action in 19 games. 
Uh, she started uh, 15, averaging about 14 minutes a game. Uh, she was shooting 40 per third, 39 and a half from three point range, 41.7% overall. And her season high, she just went off on the game against the Aces, which is the top scene. Uh, mm-hmm. She scored 18 points on August 7th. Um, she also nests, she had a really nasty rolled ankle towards the end of the season. I watched it and I remember it's one of those things you watch on TV and you cringe, you know, because it yeah. was just so rolled over. But yeah. she did come back and get to play. Uh, Marie played in 12 games and was really efficient. She was shooting 50% from the field, oh, wow. um, averaging about 10 minutes a game. So, yeah. uh, Again, good to see former Beavers do well. We wish the Beavers that have transferred well. Um, but back in August, you know, we the the team this year's teams again. I Coach Ruick always has a stacked roster, and it, he really it, does. I think his problem is going to be how he uses all these pieces together because you know we added a couple. They added a couple of new players. Um, yeah. A graduate transfer from Washington State, Yovana Subasic, joined the team. Uh, who she's immediately eligible with one year left. Uh, she's from Serbia, and last year she averaged 8.4 points per game and uh, scored double figures in eight of her conference games. Uh, you know, she's a 6-4 post with a nice outside shot. She's shooting 40% from three-point range. So, again, it fits Coach Ruick's system really well. Yeah. Uh, so, also joining this year is Ana Teresa Faustino from Portugal. Um, she's had a lot of success there. Um, she's made both the under 16 and under 19 national teams. She was the MVP of the Portuguese national tournament. Um, and so again, another really strong talent that got added. Um, I do have my, well, the season tickets, I I just clarified that. So for those out there, they aren't allowing, uh, crowds at least through this, through new year's. And, and they're going to evaluate. So those games, it's going to be really weird to watch it on TV and then Gil yeah. is silent. Um, I don't know that, what that's going to be like. But um, there, there's no no fans through New Year's, and the New Year's they'll readdress. If no, they, not, I had gotten it in my head that, that uh, they were going to let in limited people at the beginning yeah. of the season, but it's after the New Year, huh? Yeah, so after New Year's they'll readdress if how to get fans back in if they can. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so it'll be see. It'll be interesting to see all of the players. You know, like again, the team is stacked, and we should just do a whole episode on the on the roster here. But um, you know, we hope. I I expect and suspect they'll get back into March Madness. Um, I think they're ranked in the early preseason rankings. They're ranked fifteenth, which I think is a little low, but that's okay. they're going to come back and surprise people. I think so. Yeah. That's that's OSU women's basketball. Well, awesome! That's uh, exciting, and I hope that they are able to let some limited number of uh, fans in. I know that football is right now going to be playing in an empty stadium. I thought they were going to let, but it, it varies by state because I was watching the Texas game yeah. yesterday, and Texas lets in a limited number of fans, but they don't necessarily make them distance, which is weird. Um, but then you know as it. I was watching the Dallas Cowboys game last week or two weeks ago, and they let in, I think, a quarter capacity, huh. and people had to sit. Um, you know, if you were not immediately with somebody, you had to be social distance. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, they're making it up as they go. I realize because yeah, yeah, like like you're saying, hopefully people figure out how we can do this. It'd be great. I, I, like I said, I think it's just going to be 
weird to have Gil sit empty, especially for women's basketball games, because normally it's so loud there. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they make these evaluations. Yeah. Uh, other uh, fall slash winter sport, there is a little bit of news in gymnastics. Last year, of course, uh, Coach Chaplin had some health issues, and it uh, seems like she's come back strong, which is awesome. But yeah. she had to take time off, and Michael Chaplin did a great job coaching the team down the stretch until the season came to an abrupt halt in March. They were yeah. really competitive in the Pac-12, yeah. and then screech, they had to hit the brakes. Uh, but next season, they will have a little bit more reinforcement in the coaching staff, which is really good. They just added a guy named Brian Rashilla, who's been at Auburn the last few seasons and helped build them up into a powerhouse in the SEC. Before that, he was at Alabama, and he was on the coaching staff that won three national championships. So that's the kind of experience you like to have on your staff, you know, yeah. and uh, a tradition of winning. And uh, so Coach Rashilla for whatever the season's going to be, you know, uh, yeah, and, to have and, them on board. And with um, budget cuts, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, like I, I really feel for the number of people in the Horseshoe Athletic Group or department that had to. There's a lot of jobs that got cut, so I'm glad they're right. able to hold on to that job. You know, um, one of the staff for the women's team, Eric Eli, had to take a job in Texas because they were going to cut. Uh, his his position at yeah. so yeah, that was one of the reasons that uh, Darwin Barney was a great hire is they were right. able to bring him on technically as a graduate assistant I don't know if they're paying him or not I, I didn't look into that too deeply but you know fortunately after several years in the major leagues um, he's had the financial success where he can probably right. take a year and if he doesn't get a, a big salary, it's not going to end his work. Yeah. So yeah, right. It's, yeah, he has that flexibility. So hopefully, it pays off for everybody. I hope that helps the baseball team a lot because I'm I, yeah. I'm missed OSU baseball. They were off to a rough start, and they didn't get the chance to right the ship, and that was yeah. that was the bummer of it because it's like you know that they kind of the program they built. If they're off to a bad start, they're gonna turn it around before it's all said and done, and they didn't get yeah. a chance. That's that's kind of the that's the kind of the nature of that program, right? People forget like how many elimination games they played in the yeah. 2018 season, right? Yeah. It was it was giving everybody a heart attack, but they faced so many elimination games that yeah. they fought through, right? And that's just the nature of that program. So yeah, well, so it's still going to be interesting, but I mean, you know, there's a, a short football season. Basketball's going to get started, and uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, think our, I think we all hope that every all the athletes and students down there stay safe, be smart, wear a yeah. mask, don't party. Like this yep. is not the time to be having it's parties. A hard, hard, hard one to. Uh, that's a tough putt, but you know. Um, uh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta be smart, and um, and then of course we encourage all the students and student athletes to register to vote too. So yes, please vote, please register to vote and vote, yep. especially yep. in Oregon. Especially if you can in Oregon because it's vote by mail. So, yep. No excuse. Um, yep. so that's going to do it for this edition of Orange, Black, and Beyond. Uh, we'll be back with more, sh more, more shows as there are more sports. Let's hope. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. And uh, thank you for the time, and we'll talk to everybody next time. Go Beavs. Go Beavs.